you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact. We got Simon Street and Sin City Steve. No Matt Michaels tonight, but um, he'll be back hopefully uh, next week, okay? This is our three counts. We ask all of you who are watching us live to throw all your comments, questions, thoughts, whatever's on your mind in the comment box. We're always on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitch. Make sure you follow us, subscribe, all that good stuff so you can be a part of this weekly program. But if you happen to not be... Uh, watching us live we thank you for downloading the podcast and go uh we'll get right into the uh the three count so with that let's get started it's time biggest bad boys of podcasting present one two three count talk count talk baby let's get into our first count and this one this is a two-part here. First one, Bray Wyatt mystery spotted in Liv Morgan's WWE SmackDown segment. That was from comicbook.com. And then the latest suspects for Bray rumored Wyatt Six group. And that's from cagesideseats.com. All right. So let me just read uh, some of what these, um, these uh, topics are saying. Now, this is the one that is titled Bray Wyatt mystery spotted in Liv Morgan's WWE SmackDown segment. This is from comicbook.com. It says that a lot has been happening on the on uh, the episode of WWE SmackDown, which is probably why some things went under the radar. One such example is a mystery link to Bray Wyatt that took place during Liv Morgan's segment, which had Morgan delivering a beatdown to Sonya Deville. As pointed out by the Getting Overcast, uh, a hooded figure can be seen in the background during the Morgan segment. And you can also see a box that has Wyatt's new logo on it. As for what it means, well, that remains to be unseen. But this is the latest and interesting teases for Morgan. Now, Morgan's clearly undergoing some sort of transformation, which all started after her loss for Ronda Rousey at Extreme Rules and sits in. She's hinted at a darker turn and an edgier style, which most recently resulted in DeVille being slammed through a table, courtesy of a senton from a ladder. Now, some have theorized that Morgan could end up as part of Wyatt's faction or storyline in some way, but it but if the six parts of Wyatt's personality theory ends up holding up for that, then obviously that wouldn't be the case. Now, Wyatt also appeared on the show later in the episode, and these little things could just be Easter eggs for his storyline overall, and not specifically related to Morgan. Regardless of whether Wyatt is involved with Morgan's story or not, fans are intrigued to see what's next for her, and if that involves a heel turn or not. And fans are still very much in Morgan's corner, as if this as if this results in more of the anti-hero face run for her, that might go over quite well. 
Now, this could also be part of an eventual heel turn, but frankly, all of this is conjectured at this point, so we'll just have to wait and see. And as for Wyatt, he delivered a stellar promo to conclude SmackDown, but was confronted by what some think is a separate personality who told him he didn't know who he was dealing with and was wearing the mask he wore at Extreme Rules. Okay, so that's that one. Let me jump over into the other article. I said the latest suspects for Bray's rumored Wyatt Six group. Now, this is from Kate's IC. It reads like this. Bray Wyatt is back, having returned stunning fashion at the end of the stream rules. And though he wasn't much of a presence on Fallout episode of Raw, Wyatt is supposed to be a big focus on SmackDown, which we know now he was. And that was only ramped up by speculations about his newest creation from one of the 21st century pro wrestling most innovative minds. Now, central to that, has the idea that Bray will be leading a faction again. His Twitter handle and other clues have led fans to believe that group will be the Wyatt Six. And the appearance of live custom ver costumed versions of the Firefly Funhouse puppets give the impression the members of, of a members of such a group will be playing those characters. Now, uh okay. I look like that's it before it goes into something else. All right. Now, that was Matt Michaels' story, and we don't have my Michaels with us. So let's just get right into us, fellas, here. Um, what, is, what is your take? I mean, the whole thing about Liz Morgan's segment, there were some, some things that were spotted. Uh, you know, is that, you know, should we think that Liv's maybe going to play a part of this? Or is just just, like he said, Easter eggs that's throwing on there? And, um, you know. Is there a possibility she could be a part of this uh, Wyatt Six group? Let me go over to you. Uh, let's go over to you, Sin City. What's, what's your thoughts about this? So I, I, uh, I've got to give some props to John in the chat. Uh, he did throw out a couple of things, um, saying live tease could be just that—a tease, uh, just like when the puppets from the Firefly Funhouse would be backstage with certain wrestlers walking around in 2019, but the Fiend never targeted them. Yes, uh, I, I definitely think that there have to be some red herrings, um, but at the same time, there have to be some hints dropped that actually come to fruition as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that you know, if we just see all these, you know, all these things, and then nothing materializes, then okay, well, what was the meaning of any of it? Yeah, did any of it have a meaning? Um, and you know, there have been some uh, the observer, you know, saying that you know that there are candidates uh for each of the uh the people in the stable you know mentioning joe gacy and grayson waller and alexa bliss eric rowan and bo dallas i think that they're overcomplicating things i think that this is all going to be a part of a multiple personality gimmick with bray i think mm -hmm. that it's going to be exactly what happened with mankind mick foley cactus jack dude love um but now you're going to have these different personalities that will rear their heads. Um, I know that Bray said that in his promo, how it was just him, but he had a cadence that was very similar uh, other than pitch, of course, mm -hmm. to the whole rambling rabbit character. So mm. could that be that he was out there speaking as rambling rabbit? Obviously, you've got, uh, you know, people that have put out some some postulates and, you know, everybody wants to fantasy book this shit. 
You know, it, it, but the fact is that, that cracks me up is if you look at each of the characters, okay, Huskus, the pig boy, Husky Harris, okay, Mercy the buzzard. You can even look at the NXT Bray Wyatt character. He's clothed virtually the same way. Yeah. You've got uh, Sister Abigail. Okay. That could possibly be your main roster Wyatt family. Um, with, you know, obviously they burned down the, the shack. They made a huge ordeal about everything involving Sister Abigail at that time. Yeah. The fiend is self explanatory. We hadn't seen anything out of Ramblin' Rabbit. And now, maybe the sixth persona, which WWE has trademarked Uncle Howdy. Don't know. That's something that they've trademarked. Um, so maybe yeah. that's going to be the new character or the new name of the persona uh, with the black phone mask um, yeah. that that he was wearing at Extreme Rules. Um and also was the mask that appeared in the, you know, the, the Titan Tron clip as well. So it's really interesting. I'm definitely eager to see what happens because yeah, as I said, in wrestling talk, I am all in. Yeah. Simon street. I didn't finish reading the story, but it, it did. Uh, it did say that in the wrestling observer, uh, the, the leading candidates for each of Bray's five followers. Yeah. NXG mm. Joe Gacy as Huskus, the pig boy, NXT Grayson Waller as Mercy the Buzzard, Alexa Bliss as Sister Abigail, Eric Rowan as Ramblin' Rabbit, and Bo Dallas as The Fiend. Um, what's your take, man, uh, with all this? Any, any Anything with the whole um, uh, 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 Liv Morgan in the back and you see things in the background, or is that just an uh, Easter egg? Or, 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 hey, they're just putting things out there. Seeing what stick. Well, I'm, like I've already said before, uh, Liv Morgan needs something. So if she got this something, then it might save it might save her from <laughs> what the track that she's on. But unfortunately, I don't think that's the case. I think all it is coincidence, or maybe possibly if it is Easter egg, it's just Easter eggs. Sometimes Easter eggs are placed in movies or comic books just for people who can identify them, can identify them. Most times they're not even related to the guy thing, story, video game, or movie. Yeah. So I think sometimes people miss, and apparently the Wrestling Observer is one of those those people that don't know what Easter eggs are because <laughs> they're thinking it's like breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs are different. Easter eggs are totally a different thing entirely. But uh, the one thing I will say, I hope that they don't do this with Bray Wyatt. The one thing that I have a huge problem with is factions connected to a bigger source. It can water down the personification of somebody as big as Bray Wyatt. He does not need a cult or following, however will you be. He don't need it. It is ridiculous and redundant for us to see this time and time again. If WWE pulls this trigger, I'm telling you right now, the great Triple H will have a lot to answer for because what we've seen from uh, uh, Extreme Rules and from what we've seen on SmackDown, not need it. Please, WWE, I'm begging, do not do this. Let Bray Wyatt do what Bray Wyatt's going to do. Now, the one thing I will say about Bray Wyatt that I find very fascinating is I thought back to actors 
And I wish that Michaels was on the show because he knows a lot about that as well. A lot of actors are method actors and method actors will take on a role and they will become the embodiment of that role. Sometimes to the point to where they cannot escape. And I like how you mentioned Sin City Steve with some of these characters that he may have been, if you really want to pull some strings. What if he never got out of them and it became a part of his psyche? Bingo. And I thought that, I kind of saw that with SmackDown and I thought to myself like, wow, what if a Heath Ledger didn't happen what happened in reality? And parts of the Joker were stained on his personality. You know, uh, what if, you know, there was a part of, I don't know. I mean, shit, Ryan Reynolds damn near is, is Deadpool all the freaking time. You know, again, that is the most fascinating. If I'm right, that is the most fascinating, innovative way to be a new characterization in wrestling history. What happens when kayfabe becomes your reality? And you're stuck in it and all of them mesh together. Can you imagine Nick, or, or Mr. Foley if he was all of his personalities and he suffered from a personality disorder? This is what it would look like. So if this is the case, this is the best ever will ever see WWE or wrestling ever have. You, you talk about The Undertaker. This is on some next level shit. So again... Hopefully it is the case. Hopefully the, the you know the Wrestling Observer continues to be abysmally wrong um, and entertaining. And hopefully a lot of people get, you know got their, their uh, wrestling panties in a bunch with trying to uh, freaking book this shit into the freaking ground. Well, and not just, the, uh, stop. Oh, not just the Observer. That was also comicbook.com as well. So they okay, both, well comic. Well, see, I, I, Anything comic book, I only listen to uh, to to your boy from Jay and Silent Bob, Mr. Smith. That's it. So if he didn't say it, it's not factual as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, that's that, that's my take. Okay. All right, y'all. Cool. Let's go right into count number two. And it says Renee. Is that Paquette? Is that how you say her name? Paquette, yeah. Paquette. Okay. Renee Paquette on how her AEW signing happened while she has no plans to do commentary. And this is from WrestlingNews.co. All right, so this is how it reads. That on the latest episode of the Sessions podcast, Renee Paquette talked about her signing with AEW. Quote, I'm so excited to be back in the world of professional wrestling. It does, not, it does feel like I've left in a sense of like being at the shows, working at the shows, being around the ring, shooting the shit with everybody, seeing what creative looked like, all the stuff. I love that aspect. And the last two and a half years with us doing this show, and of course, this show still goes on just as usual. Me joining AEW does not affect the sessions at all, other than getting more great guests. But actually, even to give a little nod about that, that is like AEW has always been so great to us for booking guests as is. So it's already been an easy process. I just kind of want to... Uh, Stop there and say, I'm glad it was an easy process for you. Mm -hmm. Just want to yeah, say that. exactly. Well, I mean, <laughs> keep in mind, she she kind of has an in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean let, of a let, of a moxley, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me continue. This is her words. Uh, and it feels so cool to just be back in this world. Like, yeah, we've been able to be here and do these interviews, and you're still hanging out with people. It's through Zoom, and you're having different conversations than you would have backstage, and we're not talking too much wrestling. Quote, 
But now to be back in, like, God, I do miss it. I have missed it. For me, obviously, shit me. Shit, we watch so much wrestling in this house. We talk so much wrestling in this house. It was always sort of like an odd display sort of feeling anytime. I went to shows with John because I've always used to be in that shows, but working and being useful and contributing. So being there for the duration of John being at AEW, not doing that and just being there, being like John's wife, and I'm just like hanging out and I'll pop through catering and grab a bite. And yeah, it's just a different feeling kind of going there as a guest as opposed to now being like, oh my God, yay, cool, I go here now. Now on her deal that came about on AEW, this is what she says. So it's kind of funny because as much as I had been around a lot, I've never really talked to Tony about coming to AEW. This is probably going to sound bad and I'm sure people are going to take this out of context, but honestly, a lot a lot of it was talking to John of being like, man, like I want to be back in, in the wrestling world. I miss being around it. I miss doing stuff as she's thinking about what the shows look like and his, and his role on the show and all that. Like most of our conversations were internally between John and I about figuring out like, yeah, I want to do something. I want to come back. I don't want that conversation is how are, how are we going to go about that kind of thing? And him and Tony are obviously very close. They spend tons of time talking about things. So I think it was more so like them talking about it. Now, quote, she says, I think a lot of people just thought that I was sort of done with wrestling to a degree. And maybe they didn't want to ask me to do something that they thought I didn't want to do or they didn't want to step on John's toes or any or any of those things. So those are all very real things that could have been but yeah i think like it's just the timing of everything i i want i want to be there as a broadcaster as a personality i want to be able to help other people if they want help or need help on things i want to be an ear for people in, in any way that i can use my eight years experience having worked at wwe to see how i can sort of help aew now and then when it's quoted uh, on, on if you would do commentary again, she says, no, I shouldn't say no. But I also feel like anyone that just heard you say the probably uh, say that probably had the same reaction as me. Like, no, thanks. We don't need that. We don't want that. That's always how I felt about it, which is why I always feel like I have that really quick knee jerk reaction, because I feel like people have such a negative reaction to it. It wasn't the thing that I wanted to be. Could it be different in different circumstances? And we all know what those circumstances are. Could it be different? I mean, possibly. Because honestly, when I did commentary at NXT, I did have a good time and I did enjoy doing that. So maybe, so maybe, but I don't know if, if that's the thing that I love doing. If the opportunity made sense and it was something that everyone was on the same page about, like maybe, but I just don't see that being what I want to do. I like doing TV stuff. I like doing interviews. I like all that stuff. I, I, I think just being the voice during the entire show is not really my thing. I'm not a sound biter either. I've learned that that real quick, not a sound biter. The last thing she comments, uh, comments on, on if she would have segments involving her and John Moxley on, on AEW, she said, well, we've never uh, spoken about it, to be completely honest. It's not something we've spoken about, but the way that I look at it and feel about it 
and without the risk of sounding super cheesy, he has built something so special and so authentic and great with what he does. He is just such a great groove. He's the best. What he's been able to do within his time at AEW, the stuff that he does on the indies, the stuff that he decides to do, he is like hit this pocket that I've never want to do anything to distract from that or get my own shit in there with what he's doing. I don't want to be that person like, oh, me too. Don't forget about me too. That's my husband. I think that's obnoxious as all hell. So I don't want to do that. If there's a thing, of course, you know, I'm going to pretend that I'm not married to the guy or act like I don't know him or something like that. I mean, that's dumb. But I think in terms of positioning myself where I'm making an awareness like, hey, that's my husband. There's John Moxley's wife. Like, I just don't think anyone needs that. I think John just has John has such a loner, lone wolf kind of vibe about him to be like, oh, the cheery, happy girl is his wife. Like, it's just a weird, just a position that I don't know that works on camera in that way. Sin City Steve, this was your article. What was your take when you read this? So this was an absolute monster signing for AEW. Uh, I think that while she's not an entering competitor, I definitely think that Renee can add quite a bit to the overall AEW product and the broadcast. Uh, you did see her doing backstage interviews on Wednesday and uh, also on Friday. Um, yeah. And as John says uh, in the chat, he says, I think that it was a foregone conclusion with Mrs. Moxley to join AEW after her husband's contract extension. Definitely. Um, at the same time, we had heard rumblings that, that Hunter wanted her back in WWE. Mm. We had heard rumblings that ESPN wanted her mm. to do programming on ESPN. Mm -hmm. uh, she did sign a contract and is starting to do a, um, a podcast for the Cincinnati Bengals uh, NFL team as well. Um, so uh, uh, she and Mox live in Cincinnati now. Um, so they're no longer Vegas residents. And um, so, yeah, they're uh, fully immersed in Cincinnati and yeah, uh, Mo Mrs. Moxley is going to be doing a, a podcast for the Bengals, which is interesting, but yeah. it's again, Fair. it's that mainstream crossover stuff. And again, what does it do? It gets that AEW branding, that AEW name out there, uh, on all of your major, uh, mainstream sports and news outlets. So yeah. I think that this was a huge get for Tony Khan and AEW. Simon Street, I mean, when commentary was mentioned, uh, mentioned, she quickly was like, oh, nope, I don't want to do that. But then she was like, well, I guess I shouldn't say no, but gave a, a better explanation as to why she's not feeling that. Um, do you think that's a you think that's a good choice for her not to be back as commentary? And if not, I mean, what role should she be in within AEW? You think that would be successful? Uh, well, I definitely think that, you know, her maybe not having that be the first primary thing she wants to do. I think it was smart in general. I mean, you never want to say, Hey, I'm only built to do this when you know, you're so versatile. And, and as uh, since city said before, there's a lot that she does offer at the table. Um, the one role that I would say to be in there and, and, and I'm going to be very blunt. Um, AEW is a great product. However, it's run by Tony Khan. <laughs> it's very much like the Dallas Cowboys in some ways, you know, 
they, they have all the talent every year, but they don't get there because the dude that's in charge is doing some weird shit. You know, and AEW is kind of like that. And but again, I say that I, 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 well, I say that in the sense of 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 them getting Renee is huge because you now have somebody that brings versatility, class. She has that uh, that that really good sense of you know everything's going to be high quality, and that's something that. Um, AEW needs outside of their ring competitors, you know, because a lot of things have been more in question of TK and how he runs his business with brawls and people and shit like that. You need to add something that's going to be class. And I think Renee is a class act. Even when she was on WWE, she was a class act. It didn't matter what role you put her in. You got a person that is their own brand. And you need that, in, whether it's commentary, whether it's backstage, whether it's interviews, or a podcast, you, you get what I'm saying? You're going to get Renee. And that's the great thing I do like about her. Um, I will say this, that this article, Sin City, was a really nice article, and I enjoyed reading it. And the reason why is because you often do not get an opportunity to hear from people who are married to guys in the industry that are bigger names, and you could tell this interview that was conducted, she was able to be very candid. Um, there were some things she was saying. It's like, oh, that's the sweetest thing. You know, I wish I, 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 I wish my wife would say something like, hey, I'm in the groove with him. You know, I love it. You know, you, you hear it. It's cool. You know what I mean? But you get to see her be candid, you know, saying like it's obnoxious as shit when people, you, you know. And again, that's was the great thing about Renee. She's genuine. So mm -hmm. kudos to AEW for snagging her before Triple H got uh, a chance to. And, um, you know, like I said, I mean, there's going to be some great things. And it may not even be the direction we think it's going to be. I think that she could be a great sounding board for uh, conducting uh, the way that commentary can be better. Um, just to remind me, Renee left WWE, right? She wasn't like let go. Uh, right. Her contract was up, I, I, she didn't sign, right? Yeah, it, her contract expired, I believe. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, cool. Let's go to count three. three. And this is titled, Sean Waltman, Waltman has his eyes on wrestling Pete Dunn. So let's read and see what this one is about here. This is from ringsidenews.com. It says, Sean Waltman recently... And by the way, uh, just in case you know you, you're you're not sure that's uh, X Pac. All right, you, you got to stick your tongue out when you say it too. <laughs> All right. So Sean <laughs> Waltman recently returned to um, to WWE Raw in the season premiere alongside Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Road Dog as part of D Generation's X 25th anniversary. And for those that don't know, uh, Sean Waltman's announced the WWE the bump last year that was cleared to return to ring. Now, the two-time WWE Hall of Famer has been actively wrestling up until this year when he got injured during a show for GCW. However, Sean Waltzman names a couple of young WWE superstars as potential opponents for him during his busted open radio appearance. Quote, Pete Dunne, that guy is excellent. I would really like to have a match with that guy. There's a lot of young blood there, there that's really promising that I look at and go, man, if I was 25... Or if I was 30, even Austin Theory is another guy I could uh, image image doing really great things in there with when I was younger. 
Now, Sean Waltman, and that was end quote. Now, Sean Waltman recently tore his pec during the GCW tag team match against Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. Given that Sean Waltman is still actively wrestling, we shouldn't rule out a return to a WWE ring. All right, so this is your story, Simon Street. What was your your take on uh, Sean wanting to fight uh, Pete Dunne, and he even uh, named Derry? What's your take? Well, first, let me premise this. I don't normally read into any article like this. It's not. However, um, this was actually kind of interesting because I think when you look at a lot of people who got a chance to have, I call them closing matches now, you know, like Kurt Angle, closing matches, right, before he's really ready to hang it up. Triple H, technically, closing matches. Shawn Michaels, you know, um, one day, Scissor me, daddy. Billy Gunn will have a closing match, right? And most likely it'll be WWE to a certain extent, even though AEW fans don't want to hear that. But my point is saying is you're ending it to where you have that backstory that I'm, I'm already seeing. Like, okay, you know, Xbox, everything does. You start off as the one, two, three kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, this accolades and everything. He hasn't really had that. And so that's why it was a huge question mark to me. Like, wow, like he really hasn't had that. Now, he's had some controversy in the past that you know, made it to where that didn't happen. We get that. But he's on a great path, and he's still active. He's only 50, y'all. He's only 50. We've seen closing matches from people that should have had a closing match at 50. And I'm not saying these are his closing matches. I'm saying that he could still kind of go. So mm -hmm. then when he mentioned Pete Dunn, I thought that that was excellent because then you could have somebody that could not take him or, or not take him to his limits, but conduct a match that would be befitting of what he can possibly still do. Now, I did get a chance to, to kind of look at snippets of stuff he's recently done, excuse me, particularly uh, the Matt Cardona match. And that was something that was also carefully dealt with. You see what I'm saying? To where he still looked pretty decent. He didn't look bad, you know? So I don't know. I, I brought this up because I don't think we've ever talked about him. I don't, I mean, you know, we talked about him when he was obviously two-time Hall of Fame inductee or if he was old, you know what I'm saying? It's time for us to really start talking about his career. I mean, this guy has been an X Division, TNA X Division champion. Most people don't even realize that, right? Uh, he's been freaking WCW Cruiserweight champion. He's been a freaking WWE European, European champion twice. He's been a light heavyweight champion, WWE, or at that time, WWF, twice. You know, he's won the, the tag team champion four times with different teams. You know what I mean? This guy was a huge part of our life and mm -hmm. one of the coolest ass members. Like, I, I tell you what, all four of them guys in DX was all saying suck it. But the way Xbox said suck it, it was emphatic, especially with the tongue hanging out. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, a lot of people can do the Bronco Buster, but this man really did the Bronco Buster. I was like, bro, I feel like your balls are smashing into my eyes. You should have called it the T-Bag. <laughs> So my point that I'm saying is, is this is freaking cool. You know what I mean? You eyeing people. And I hope that somebody in WWE is listening, whether it's him or Theory, whoever it is, right? This would be kind of cool if they do it just right. And so before he finally hands up the wrestling uh, gear and everything, when his time comes, at least we gave him his flowers. So that's why I wanted to share this article. Is It's important for us to give flowers because they contributed into highlights in our lives. And he was one of them. He was cool ass dude. All right, he would be part right. of the tape he had with China. He was cool. Oh boy. Uh Sin City. <laughs> 
is the WWE uh, ready for or would they even care? Uh, I don't even think most of them probably, probably out of all the group, uh, <laughs> out of the members, Xbox, Xbox, let's call them Xbox, um, Xbox uh, was, is, was probably the least probably known, at least with the newer generation. Um, I think HBK definitely has a name out there. Triple H has a name out there. Road Dog, you might kind of have a name out there. Uh, and, I, and again, I'm just speaking of when we, we as we're moving with the newer generation. X Pac, I'm not sure of. You think the fans are ready for that? You think it's something that that should happen against the Pete Dunn? Is there any purpose that can go around that? What's your take? So I think that the he laid out two very capable opponents. Um, and I was very happy to see that he mentioned Pete Dunn and Austin Theory, because I think that those two guys could have a good match with X-Pac, Sean Waltman. I think that that could still happen. Um, obviously, we have to temper expectations. Um, we're not going to be seeing, you know, X-Pac circa 1998. You know, it, it, we have to we have to go into this expecting that, you know, we're going to have 50 year old Sean Waltman in there. Right. Um, but realistically, 50 year old Sean Waltman is going to be better than some of the stuff that makes weekly TV on mainstream products today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said it. Yeah. So um, the fact is, I think that with the right opponents, that this could be a very good thing. And never say never with WWE, because keep in mind who's in control now. Mm. Keep in mind who's running the show. If ever there's going to be anything of that nature that happens, if I, I'm sure that if Sean wants it to happen and he passes his physicals, everything's good, it's going to happen because Paul is running things. So it's going to happen. Um, obviously, it all depends on how he looks when he comes back after rehabbing this torn pec um, because it, you know, a, a pectoral muscle is something that is mm -hmm. not to be taken lightly um, because yeah, you're going to have to build up all of that strength. You're going to have to rebuild that muscle. You're going to have to, you know, it's extensive. The rehab is very extensive. And especially at somebody that is an advanced age, like Waltman is uh, it's definitely going to be a longer road than what some of us might think, but could it happen without question? Uh, do I want it to, do I want him to be a full-time member of the roster ever again? No, please no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely be cool with him wrestling a Pete Dunn or, uh, um, Butch or, uh, an Austin theory for sure. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. That's a three count. Well, I thank everybody for hanging out with us tonight. Throwing your comments into the chat box. Definitely appreciate it. Do it every week. We, we're usually here. 8 p.m. Wrestling Talk, which is about 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And about 8.50 p.m. Pacific Standard, which would be 11. So I know we come in late, pretty late in uh, most part of the country. But if you happen to be up with us, definitely hang out and uh, throw your comments in the box. We appreciate it. Uh, one last time, we do have uh, three podcasts that actually dropped on Monday. Okay, so make sure you get a chance to uh, take a listen. We talked to Chris Bay. We talked to Kenny King. And one of the main reasons why we talked to both of those guys and we released it on Monday 
<clears throat> is because there is going to be a show in Vegas this coming weekend, which is Friday, October 20th, and Saturday. Oh, did I got it wrong. Friday, October 21st. 21st. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and and Saturday, October 22nd. Um, and then we even have an FSW show, which you should be. You should know about FSW now. You listen to the DeFalco Files. They talk about it all the time. Every week, it's uh, a podcast release where they're going to have their show, Mecca, the big show that they have every year. It's going to be some, uh, oh, I'm, I'm not going to even talk tell you about it. Just listen to DeFalco Files. You'll be shocked at some of the names you hear that's going to be on the show. Uh, a, lot of, yeah, a lot of good card. Yeah. yeah. But it's going to all happen this weekend, mm-hmm. and that show is going to be on the 22nd, which is Sunday. So bottom line is there's going to be a lot of wrestling here in Vegas this weekend. And if you happen to be around in the area, please come to the show. If you're if you live here, there's no excuses. Be there. If you, you know, if you in Phoenix, you in LA, Diego, you in Salt Lake, you're in Reno, just come on down. All right. It ain't too long of a drive. And let's uh let's have a, a good old wrestling time. All right. Uh that's my um uh, comments for the week. I'm going to pass it over to you. Simon Street, what would you like to tell the good folks out there? Look, guys, let's just continue to, to you know, try to encourage and support one another. I mean, you never know somebody's uh, mention of something that they want to do in life. Sometimes uh, the parts we all play and the impact we are in each other's lives can impact that. And so if you hear somebody that's very passionate about something, man, you know what, maybe, maybe I want to go do this and this, man. That, that would kind of be cool. And if you're a really true friend or just a person who cares to be a human being, encourage them because you never know. They might they might go on to do something that was encouraged to by a stranger or by a friend to, to change the world. And that could be in wrestling and that can be just in anything. So always never stop that opportunity to encourage one another because you never know. That can be the one thing that can make the world a better place. No doubt. All right. Sin City Steve, what would you like to say? Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. Uh, Great participation in the chat tonight. Thank you very much. And uh, also very special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're doing it on lands, foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And uh, last but not least, repsports.com, reppsports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm being stared at by my uh, my other half, so I'm just, uh, I don't know if I'm in trouble or something. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> Did you better hurry up and end the show, man. <laughs> do what you got to do, brother. You know? All right, y'all. Thanks for uh, hanging out. We will uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, happy wrestling to you. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.